Welcome to Maison Mission. My name is Kevin, and I'm really glad that you've joined us this week. Maison is a Greek word that means greater, and the Maison Mission is all about making greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. If you look on your screen, we've got a digital connect card that's up there. There's a QR code and you can scan that uh, on your phone with your camera app and that will bring you to a form that you can fill out any prayer requests or any questions or if you want to sign up for some events or if you just want to say hi, you can do that all on the connect card. Next week, we've got Maison Live, and our very own pastoral intern, Susie Scarborough, is going to be sharing the message with us, so you're definitely not going to want to miss that. We're going to have Maison Kids and Maison Students programs, and also there's a potluck afterwards. Um, so if you want to bring some food and share it, that would be awesome, too. We can't wait to see you 5 p.m. here next week. Also, after Maison Live next week, we're having a family meeting. I sent some emails out to some families. If you're interested in attending it, uh, let me or Miranda know. But basically, we're going to be getting together and we're going to just be having a brainstorming session about what does the future look like here at Maison Mission. We're definitely at a crossroads where we're trying to figure out some things and your voice is really appreciated. We want to hear from you. So we invite you to this family meeting after Maison Live next week. Also want to invite you to pray for Maison Mission over these next couple months. Our core leaders are getting together at the end of this month for a strategic planning retreat, and we always appreciate it when you guys are praying for us. So please pray for Maison Mission. Last thing I want to mention is that Maison Mission isn't possible without the generosity of people just like you. And so we really appreciate your giving. You can give online through our website, maisonmission.com, and then click on the link to give. You can also text the dollar amount to 84321. Uh, and then when you send that, you just follow the prompts and select Maison Mission as the church to give to. Uh, you can also mail us a check to the address that's on the screen. Today, our very own Miranda West is here, and she's going to be closing out our series, Different Direction. Some folks believed he was John the Baptist reincarnated. Others suggested he was Elijah or Jeremiah or some other dead Jewish prophet. Implication, more of the same, nothing new. And then Jesus asked a second question. Who do you say that I am? Thanks for joining me for our last journey in our series, Different Direction. With the rise of social media and digital content, it can feel like we know someone when we've never even met them in person. Maybe we've listened to dozens of podcasts or read many of their books. Maybe we follow them on social media and we've seen many pictures of them and their family. However, it's the face-to-face -face interactions and living together in community that help us to best get to know others. I tend to view myself as a check the boxes, get the things done kind of person. And this trait has taken me many places in life but it also skews me towards seeing life as a series of steps or tasks to be accomplished, destinations to arrive at. In early college, I don't remember who told me this. It was either a professor who said it or maybe a close friend, but they told me life is a journey, not a destination. For a long time, I had it written on a post-it next to my computer. It was this person's way of trying to remind me to live in the now, to stop and be present in the season and the moment I'm in. Now, I'm not always great at remembering this, but it's changed the way I view life, especially if I'm willing to take a moment and remember that we're all on a journey, 
that there is no final destination this side of eternity. Maybe a few pit stops and uninspected turns in the road, but remembering we're all on a journey and sometimes we head in different directions than we had expected, and sometimes it takes us longer to get to where we had hoped to be. In this series, A Different Direction, we've been walking through the timeline that takes place around what we call in the church, Holy Week. We started on Palm Sunday. We looked at the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection on Easter morning. We've got one last journey to make. This one actually takes place on the evening of Easter. So settle in for a minute and let's travel down the Emmaus Road. This story is found in Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. Our story opens up with two disciples walking along the road to Emmaus. Before we look into what happened on the road, let's take a quick look at who these two disciples might have been. When I say there were two disciples, what picture immediately pops into your head? For me, initially, the picture is two guys. When the text was written, the world was very male-centric. Women and children weren't even counted or often mentioned, which is one of the radical things in many of Jesus' interactions. He reached out to the women and to the children. He treated them as people who belonged and who were part of the kingdom. But back to the disciples in this text. They name one of them, Cleopas. This isn't one of the 12 that I was familiar with. So I went looking to find out who this character was. This same name is mentioned in John in the crucifixion narrative. There is Mary, the wife of Cleopas, which means these two disciples mentioned could have been Cleopas and his wife Mary. Following this rabbit trail a little farther, Catholic and Orthodox traditions believe that Joseph, Jesus's foster dad, had a brother named, you guessed it, Cleopas. So this really could have been his aunt and uncle who were in town for the celebrations that were taking place that week. With this information sitting in the back of our mind, let's start this journey. So let's put ourselves in the place of these two disciples for a few minutes. It can be hard to do, especially when we've heard the story before. So here we are. We've seen a parade, well, likely two. We saw an earthly king ride in on a stallion in a showcase of military might. And on the other side of the city, we witnessed Jesus riding in, not in military splendor, but showered in love and hopeful expectation. However, it has been a week, and not the week we expected. Life feels crazy and out of control, and we just don't know which way is up anymore. I'm sure it was just Jesus' initial followers who felt like that. I mean, 2,000 years later, we've certainly got it all figured out. Well, let's get back to these two disciples. The guy who rode in on the donkey, who we hoped would be our leader and savior, has been killed. And by our religious leaders, no less. And now people are saying he has risen from the dead like Lazarus? Sounds like the perfect time for a long walk to get some distance and process what's happened. I don't know about you, but a good walk and change of scenery can sometimes help clear my head, help me process the feelings I'm having. The more I've read this passage, I wonder if these two disciples were actually returning home rather than taking a long road trip or a long walk. It's been a crazy week and nothing turned out like you imagined it would. Might as well head back home and get back to your regular life. We do know one thing that these two disciples were doing on the Emmaus Road, walking and talking. So let's look at verse 13 where the story starts. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other 
about all these things that had happened. Okay, so we've got a seven mile trip, which means it was probably a good two, maybe three hours, depending on their pace and other potential traveling companions. Two or three hours of walking together on the road. The text mentions that the topic of their conversation was all these things that had happened. So many things that had happened. We learn later in the text that they had heard the reports of an empty tomb. I'm going to infer that they were walking in the late afternoon or early evening. And I wonder if their discussion was loud, or if they were quietly discussing, hoping no one would overhear and ask them more questions that they didn't have answers to. I wonder if this was a well-traveled road with lots of people traveling to and from Emmaus, or if they were mostly alone. I'm going to paraphrase the next part of the story. What we do know is that someone does join them in the journey, someone they don't quite seem to recognize. This mysterious person basically says, what are you talking about? These two disciples, who are surprised that there's someone who's been in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's happened, share what's been happening the last three days in Jerusalem. Their traveling companion surprisingly provides some clarity and truth to them. When they reach the next village, it's beginning to get dark and not nearly as safe to travel, especially alone as their new friend was planning. But the disciples urge him to share strongly to share a meal and community with them. Over the meal, the disciples' eyes are open to who this stranger was. They spend a little bit of time together discussing who was just with them. And within the hour, they get up and return to Jerusalem. That same seven-mile journey probably took a lot less time. Jesus joins these disciples on their journey down the road. He invites them to share their experiences, and Jesus provides clarity and truth to them. They invite Jesus to stay with them longer, and when they share a meal, a light bulb clicks. They realize who has been with them. Isn't this just like Jesus? Joining us on our journey, inviting us to share our troubles with him, providing clarity and truth to us, revealing himself to us while we share a meal. Now, I can't say I physically had Jesus walk beside me. I promise I'll share with you if that ever happens. But I have had other friends walk alongside me for seasons of my life. Friends who were willing to speak truth and clarity to me. Friends who were willing to cheer me on when life seems upside down crazy and nothing made sense. And I've been privileged to also walk alongside others for a season of their life. To speak truth to them. To encourage them. To be part of their community for a while. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. For me, the way I wind down at the end of the day is usually with a book. And it wasn't until recently that I discovered the joy of a good reread. You see, the first time we read a story, we're going on a new journey, and we can only make guesses as to which direction the story will take us. However, when we sit down to reread the story, we already know the basic landscape. We know where the story will rise and fall, and we know the ending. On a reread, I can look around and see the story from a different perspective. Usually, there's something new that catches my eye. There was something new that caught my eye when I read the story this time, and it happens at the end of the story. Let's look back again at the end of the story. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? 
That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Here's what caught my eye this time. The disciples couldn't stay where they were. It was late. It had been a long day, and they just couldn't keep this experience to themselves. When was the last time we had an experience like this? When you just couldn't wait to call or see a friend to tell them about something that had happened to you. When these disciples shared their experience, it helped the others to confirm what actually happened that morning. When we are willing to share our stories, the good and the bad, it helps others to know they are not alone. For me, I found freedom and restoration in sharing about my miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy. If you want to hear more of that story, I share it in episode two of our Not Winning podcast. There's another moment at the end of this story that feels like a spark, and I didn't see this one until after I read some other scriptures and was discussing this passage with Drake. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The disciples' hearts recognized Jesus, even if their eyes did not. Could this burning they felt have been the beginning of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised to leave with his disciples days earlier? In any case, this burning, this passion, this need to share what happened was the spark that helped to build the church, to build a kingdom here on earth that was different from what was expected, an upside-down kingdom built on humility and unconditional love. I hope your experiences here with Maison might create some of those sparks that you would be excited to share what is happening here to help build a space that is different from what is expected. May this journey down the Emmaus Road remind us that we serve a God who walks with us, who asks us to share our troubles with him, who gives us clarity and encouragement, and who meets us at the table. A God who's walking beside us as we build a kingdom here based on humility and unconditional love. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, as we have looked at your travels during this season, we thank you for all the ways you have walked beside us, as a comforter, as a guide, as an encouragement, as an example. Help us to walk alongside others with humility and unconditional love as we work together to build your kingdom here. Amen. Thank you.